Hi, everyone, and welcome to Procure Pulse, the third-party services podcast that provides you with current trends, best practices, and the latest supply chain news to help you stay informed. I am your host, Mickey Meehan. I invite you to email us with questions or topics that you wish to hear covered at info at conductive.com or connect with us on LinkedIn by following Conductive or on Twitter at Conductive Inc. Thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Procure Pulse, the podcast dedicated to third-party service optimization and supply chain improvement. Today, we'll be talking about healthcare IT procurement trends, best practices, challenges, and more. I'm your host, Mickey Meehan, and today I'm joined by David Long, a Senior Director over Services and Technology at Premier. Welcome, David. Thanks, Mickey. Glad to be here. You know, just just to start, you know, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your professional background and, and journey in sourcing and, and kind of how you wound up leading Premier's IT uh, services and technology segment. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate the question. Um, so to start, I um, graduated from Western Carolina University in 2001 with a degree in business administration. Um, but while while I was at that university, I spent some time at the local community college uh, taking uh, IT infrastructure and Cisco routing classes. So I had uh, I had the interest in the IT space even while I was uh, not majoring that in college. So um, after college, I actually didn't start out in healthcare. Started out in a retail corporate organization. Spent about 15 years uh, there. Uh, worked in many different areas. Um, worked in strategy and operations. Uh, but the last nine years, I spent my time in supply chain and procurement, um, sourcing in different categories. But uh, my main areas of focus was capital equipment and IT equipment. So um, got back into the IT business there. Um, after that, I went to um, one of the uh, larger banks here uh, where I live and um, worked in IT again, did sourcing and procurement for financial data to, to um, support our financial services sector at that bank. Um, so got back into IT and then was lucky enough to uh, be brought into Premier as a contract manager to support our, our GPO IT contracting. Um, we have uh, developed a pretty large portfolio at this time and been building it since, since I started. <clears throat> and then after a few years doing the IT contract management piece, I also took over the purchase services as well. So now I'm over uh, both the, the IT and purchase services service line. Um, and we're really trying to grow the IT business and contract portfolio to support, uh, support healthcare. That's awesome. And I think, you know, your experience inside and outside of healthcare is unique. Uh, you know, that's, that's not always the case. It's, it, it seems that often, you know, supply chain professionals within healthcare are kind of, you know, there forever or, or grew up in it, uh, in healthcare. So I think it's, it helps to have a uh, a look at other industries and and how they handle uh, supply chain, you know, when it when it comes to to healthcare specifically. Yeah, no doubt, you get that you get that tunnel vision when you're in one place for too long, which is uh, <laughs> I didn't realize when I was in the retail space what what everybody else did until you get out of it. So great point. Absolutely, and so you know, as it relates to purchase services and and how organizations are consuming IT products. What are some trends you see emerging in in kind of healthcare IT procurement and and how are they affecting you know healthcare organizations? Yeah, good question. So um, historically, and I'm sure you know this, um, healthcare organizations have been um, behind on IT products and uptake. Um, 
rightfully so, they um, have historically focused on clinical solutions, patients, pa uh, patient outcomes, um, and IT hasn't always supported that. Um, but really, since the uh, since the pandemic, quite frankly, um, they're they're starting to put more um, capital and muscle upfront into some IT solutions to really augment how they do business. Um, you know, they're we're having to work on things such as workforce augmentation due to staffing shortage and also around data analytics. Um, they're they're really looking for new ways to, to leverage IT products to to make things easier, more efficient inside the hospitals. Uh, and that's that's really driving a lot of the new innovation out in the market. Interesting. And I think, you know, one thing that um, that makes this area a little unique is that, you know, CIOs or or whatever the role might be inside of health systems, you know, haven't always traditionally worked with supply chain. They've almost been siloed, um, you know, really outside of that. So like what are some ways to get around those those silos or reduce the silos so that you know supply chain and and IT can can work together better to you know improve everything related to to how IT is procured inside of a health system. Yeah, and that's a great point. There's you know especially from from my point of view in a premier GPO, um, very strong in supply chain, working to build that IT relationship. Um, and a lot of times, left hand doesn't know what right hand's doing, especially when you get to some of the larger um, IDNs out there. Um, you have a lot of data silos. Um, you know, this this location could be doing one thing in one EMR. Another location could be using something else, and no one's transitioned those together. Um, so a lot of times what happens is you get duplicative efforts um, from one team, and it crosses over another team, and then one, they, they solve one problem and create more, um, and then they never have one version of the truth. So, um, you know, the big big thing that, that I see that, that – they're really concentrating on these days is to cast a wide net out in the marketplace and really land on the solution that's right for them and not not the popular one. Um, we've seen a lot of consolidation out in, in the hospital systems, um, a lot of mergers, and when you're trying to force um, the, the EMRs together or the systems together, it does not work well. Um, you have to have a very strategic laid out plan. Um, and it's very important for them to understand where their data lives and how they can merge it so they can uh, be effective going forward. And I love that statement, you know, make the right decision, not the the popular one. I mean, I think that's that's so important. It can be so hard, you know, especially as you're trying to gain political capital with the different stakeholders in, in, in different areas to to push for that right decision, but makes such a difference down the line, um, you know, versus just doing what's what's kind of the easy path. Um, you know, kind of moving on, what what are some challenges that healthcare IT professionals face in ensuring patient safety, given this kind of new world um, we're moving to in a technology-driven environment? Even things like, you know, the I think the the words of the day are chat GPT or GPT-4 yeah. or whatever it is. But, you know, when you get to the point of of AI being involved, you know, I think I think it is important to to think about patient safety. So, you know, how, how do you think about that and, and and what are some of the challenges for them? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question. Uh, and it's it's tough, right? It's um, what what we're seeing right now is really um, so many different products flooding the market, especially in spaces such as telehealth, telemedicine, remote patient monitoring, um, even AI. 
um, there's there's just so many different products coming out, um, and a lot of that was driven by by the pandemic as well. Um, you know, during that time, everybody was that that could scrape together a couple dollars and and do some coding, put out some kind of software platform to try to solve some of these problems. So, um, you know, it's the the biggest challenge right now. I see is just is just drinking from a fire hose and trying to boil the ocean as far as what they're trying to solve for, um, and that could obviously in, in affect patient safety um, because you don't know exactly what you're getting unless you've done your due diligence. Um, you got to make sure all the security protocols from these products are in place. Um, you got to get the clinicians involved to make sure they are solving the correct problems and that you're getting the data analytics from it. Um, so you got to check all those boxes. And then you know you got to you probably need to do do some research on where different products are deployed, who's using them, and how, and then making sure that uh, they're being successful. And and kind of you know building on that, you mentioned data analytics, and I think you know kind of the first step in a lot of this technology movement in healthcare is just getting arms around the data, being able to analyze the data. You know what are you seeing out there from uh, a supplier perspective around the use of data analytics to improve the the quality of of care delivery, um, you know, to patients within these health systems. Yeah, you're seeing you're seeing a lot of SaaS uh, data analytics, um, and a lot of tools out there. A lot of options, um, you know, and typically they all can generate some kind of actionable insights. Um, the problem is there's there's so much data that it's tough to get it all in one place, right? That That's probably the biggest challenge um, is how do you corral all that data, get it in your analytics tool, and then use that to drive the clinical outcomes, right? Because that's, at the end of the day, you want to use that data to do things better, more efficiently, um, and have a better quality of, of healthcare services. That's what the reimbursements are all about. Um, yeah. So it's really tough to get the right solution, um, but there are a lot of them out there. Um, and there, there are a lot of journals and a lot of um, websites you can go to to get tons and tons of data on these solutions to uh, to help drive the right answers. Now that's that's great. And um, now, kind of changing gears again to to look at kind of a different use of of software within an organization. Um, you know, I think we can all. You mentioned pandemic earlier, but we can all agree yeah. that one of the huge challenges the industry faces today is workforce retention. Um, doesn't matter whether it's clinicians, uh, administrative folks, support services, whatever it is, everybody's burnt out through the pandemic. What are you seeing from like a, an internal software perspective that health healthcare systems are, are adopting or maybe even new approaches to IT um, to enable uh, the workforce to, to kind of maintain a, a more reasonable pace uh, to collaborate together in a better way um, and really kind of optimize internal processes to smooth everything out from that perspective. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and what we're seeing is there, there, it can't be solved with one solution. Obviously, we're, we're seeing a number of different approaches. There's the there's the old workforce solutions, which is IT staffing to help um, with some of the workforce augmentation, obviously. Um, but there's new technologies coming up too. There's there's things uh, like clinical workflow solutions, um, which allow the um, employees at the at the hospital to do things more efficiently. Helps the nurses at the nursing station, um, as simply as just prioritizing what patient needs to be seen next. 
Um, and it's as simple as, you know, a red light, green light chart on your screen um, to as in-depth as something that integrates with, with the nurse call system in the bed. Um, so they're using a lot of clinical workflow um, to make things simpler at that level. Um, obviously, AI is a, a popular thing right now. Um, it's kind of developing. We'll see where that goes as far as how much it can impact um, efficiency, but a lot of great information out there and it looks very promising. Um, another one that uh, I really enjoy talking about is the autonomous mobile robots. Um, and you got things that we're already doing now, such as uh, disinfection robots that, you know, kind of set it and forget it and it goes and, and cleans, cleans rooms, cleans areas of the hospital um, so that a staff member doesn't have to do that. Uh, but but we're also working on things such as um, uh, delivery robots that uh, can be sent to the pharmacy, go get XYZ drugs, take it to these rooms, um, and that takes up some time from, uh, or relieves some time from the nursing folks and allows them to spend more time with the patients. Um, they can also be a telepresence robot, um, so they can you can uh, sit from your house or the doctor's office and the doctor can can do their rounds. So some emerging technology that that should really help us drive some additional efficiencies and help that workforce strain that we've seen over the past three years. Um, a lot of that is still developing, but um, a lot of good solutions already. That's awesome. Yeah, that that stuff is really exciting. I think, you know, you you hear about drones and and robots in in retail environments. But, you know, seeing it move into the the clinical setting, you know, beyond just surgical robots and things like that uh, is pretty awesome. Yeah, we are working with a uh, talking to a drone company as well um, to help uh, facilities uh, move things around if they have a very large facility. So we'll see how that turns out as well. That's, that's so cool. I think, you know, the the next thing that naturally comes up as you see robots, devices kind of move into um, and, and and SaaS software, for that matter, moving into a, a health system, moving away from maybe their on-premise systems of the past, it does open them up to a little bit more um, risk from a, a data security, patient data security um, standpoint. You know, we talked a little bit about that with with Mike Regan on a on a previous podcast. You know, what what steps or best practices do you see? You know, as you're contracting with suppliers to really address potential cybersecurity threats you know, while you're kind of setting these suppliers up? Because, you know, it seems like every day you hear of another health system getting held hostage in terms of their data by by some ransomware or something like that. But, you know, how, how do you think about that as you as you put these suppliers on contract? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Uh, again, you want to get you don't want to go with the um, just with the shiny brand name. I think it's it's something you have to do a lot of due diligence on. Make sure you're selecting the right um, security firm for your for your organization. Um, you know, there's there's lots of standards out there with high test uh, and security requirements that have been standardized by the government and other entities. Um, you know, an organization has to be um, very aware of how those security protocols work and make sure that all suppliers meet those requirements. Um, to your point, I think uh, if I might remember my numbers correctly. Um, Attack cybersecurity attacks on healthcare organizations increased 38% last year, and I think uh, every month there were about 60 successful breaches. So um, that will probably continue, which is all the more reason for us to uh, make sure that we're keeping up with regulations, whether it's from Homeland Security, HHS, 
Um, even the FBI, um, they put out all these notices and requirements and su suppliers have to meet those. Um, that's part of the due diligence that we do as far as sourcing and contracting um, to make sure once we get those out to the to our members and to the healthcare organizations that they um, have already been vetted and can um, robustly defend against all these security attacks. Well, and I think, you know, it's it's obviously important to to have, um, you know, health systems have staff in-house who have this expertise, but, you know, it's it's great to be able to partner with a GPO who already has that expertise, is already building that into their contracts, you know, and is keeping an eye on that for the members. And I think, you know, you and you and your team do a, do a great job of, of uh, bringing that value to the membership. And, uh, you know, it's going to become even more important over the next several years um, or shoot for that matter, probably the next several decades as as things go further and further. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. David, really appreciate you joining us and, and sharing your knowledge. It's been awesome to have you uh, here on the podcast. Um, and, and maybe we'll get you back here another time uh, to continue the conversation. Sounds great, Mickey. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. And listeners, we'll see you back here next month for another episode of Procure Pulse.